Shalom. Just before we began our session, there were a group of people who were discussing this idea of a rage room. No, it's, it's a new, it's a new, it's a new, new insight for me. But a rage room is apparently a place where you can be given the free reign to break, destroy, absolutely shatter everything. And even my just suggesting that as a possibility brings a smile to many a face, <laughs> which makes me wonder: where is it rage? You know, where's that rage living? And uh, what's happening to that rage inside when it doesn't have a rage room to go to? And where's that rage coming from? And, and you know, what, what's going on there? And I think it's very much related to our perception of life. The notion of any form of anger is always a secondary emotion. Anger is a secondary emotion. There's a primary emotion, and anger is always the expression of that primary emotion which has been whatevered, and then the anger expresses itself. So, for example, I'm just trying to flash back to the last time I got angry. Um, second. No, not, not in that decade. <laughs> Only joking. Not in that. Not in the last ten minutes. Let's go back twenty minutes. Um, the last time I got angry was uh, two weeks ago. Well, there was a time I got angry two weeks ago. Probably there's been many times in between. Okay, just leave me alone. And in the last, you know, what happened was this guy came up to me and he tugged my arm. He was, he was going around with the pushka asking for, for money for the show and he tugged my arm. He said, come give. Um, and I said to him, you tug my arm, brother, I break your face. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't say that in that many words. Yeah, they, 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 they wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been on. Um, but I was, I was really upset with him. I was really upset with him. Like, who do you think you are? Like, literally, who do you think you are? Like, like what, what is this? Like, you tug my, so I went to him afterwards and, and I kind of said to him, like, I really don't appreciate that. And like, I was, I was really angry. Um, I haven't gone back to that show since. Which is, you know, which is, which I can explore with you together, perhaps, or personally. Why, why was I so triggered? Why was I so triggered? You know, the guy's probably a nice guy just trying to do his job. Why was I so triggered? Because there was a, another emotion underneath the anger. The emotion was, I felt deeply disappointed in myself that I wasn't able to contribute. And that was really tough to face. It was much easier to say, you're the problem! So I couldn't face the fact that, yeah, I would, I'd actually, I really want to give as much, you know, on your, on your support and help. And, and I didn't have money on me and I, I feel like it's frustrating for me. So what do I do with that frustration? So I just... Shocked them, but like it's got nothing to do with him. It's, got, it's never, it's never got anything to do with him. Never. There's this big talk about get the toxic people out of your life. There's no one in the world that's toxic. There's no one in the world that's toxic. Toxic people don't exist. The only place toxic people exist is here. 
No one's toxic. Because if toxic people are toxic, they'd be toxic to everyone. But you say, he's toxic for me. <laughs> he's not toxic. Toxic, if it's acid, it burns. If it's poison, it kills. You can't say, no, this guy takes the poison. It's chilled. That guy takes the poison, they're dead. No, no, no. Toxic people have got nothing to do with the person. Or they haven't got, they haven't got everything to do with the person. Toxic people have got to do a lot with me. For example, a person comes up to me and says, Siegel, I think it's ridiculous that you walk around with war paint on your face. How do I respond to that? I mean, I think it is ridiculous, but, but I don't have war paint on my face. That's just wrinkles. <laughs> Bad coloring. Skin issues. I don't have war... I don't, I don't have... I don't, I don't have... So, so, so what, 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 and he keeps on saying, ah, the war paint, the way you walk around with the war paint. Look, I may not like to be around him, but he's not toxic. He's just like deluded. He's like, shame. I can feel compassion, empathy. Poor guy, he's just got it wrong. In other words, if I am totally secure inside of myself that the thing that you say about me isn't true, so then there's no toxicity. What happens? Why is the person toxic? Because they're a niggling reminder to myself of my own fault. And that drives me crazy. I don't want to be around you. Not because I want to run away from you. Because I want to run away from me. There are no toxic people. Toxic people remind me about the things about myself I'd love to forget. And I'm not saying that you have to run and embrace everyone that makes you horribly feel horrible. And I'm not saying that you have to go and encourage your company with them. But I'm also saying that don't misdirect where the toxicity lies. Don't put it there. When you put it there, you become a victim. You become powerless. You become unnecessarily weak. When you realize, it's not a toxic person. He's giving me insight to what I'm scared about or worried about or feel terrible about inside myself. So let me use it as, as a as an insight, as a window into who I am. And let me look there and see what happens. Let me look there. So when I looked at the person that was tugging onto my arm and asking me for stuff, so I know it's not him. Is he the best guy in the world? Was it an appropriate thing to do? Should you socially conduct yourself? Well, I wouldn't. Okay, but that's not, like, I can't make these decisions for other people. I can only work with myself. But why was I triggered? I could have just said, no thanks, I'm just, I don't have. If I felt good about myself, no, I felt bad about myself. So toxicity means it's an insight into where I'm at. So what happens? When I feel bad about myself, bad about something, when there's a, there's a sadness or a disappointment or an unrealized expectation, what do I do with that? Well, I've got two options. I can go inside or I can go outside. Outside's way easier. Outside's way easier. Let me just push the blame over there. And the blame can be anger, rage, fury! Just don't come near me. Just don't come near me. I just want to be safe. How do I get myself safe? I turn my sight and say, that's where the problem is. There, there, there. The problem is there. And you'll find very often, angry people are equal opportunity angry people. It's always a problem with the other one. Introspective people are equal opportunity introspective people and say, oh well, always gives me a chance to reflect upon myself. I'm not saying that this is easy. 
and I'm not saying that there aren't grades, you can't start off as being a, a black belt, a black belt self-introspector. But even just the notion of reframing that there are no such thing as toxic people. There's only people who allow me to be who I am and people that niggle me because they remind me about all the stuff that I'm not. And that's where the rage room comes in. The rage room is when I've got so much inside that I haven't gone down to explore, I'd rather just break something. I'd rather just break something because when I break something, I feel that, oh, now the thing that's wrong, so now I've, I've, I've expressed that negative energy and now I'm, now I'm okay. No, I'm exactly in the same place as I was before. I've just got an illusion of expression, but the illusion doesn't stop because the, the disease is still there or the dis, dis, disease, dis-ease, dis-ease, there's no ease. This ease. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd stop there. And so well, that's that's you know, I don't think you guys have got any I don't think I've got any capacity for more more than that today. I think we should spend the rest of the time playing quarters. What do you reckon? Well let's just keep on going. Uh Okay, we've got a couple of questions over here. Sasha, you've been away for a long time. Since you've been away, no one's asked any questions. So we're going to just keep it that way. I'm going to ask Yeti, but we'll go back to you. <laughs> you Yeti. said um, this anger is always a secondary emotion, and it's a primary emotion which results in a secondary emotion. If someone comes and punches you in the face, Yeah. what's the primary emotion if you get angry at them? Out of the blue. Out of the blue. First of all, I feel like I haven't been paying enough attention to my Tai Chi classes. <laughs> Number one. How can ever anyone punch in the face? There's no out of the blue. The first thing Sensei taught me was, there's no out of the blue. He was Russian. <laughs> out of the blue, come on. What are you? You'll never be a ninja that way. Multiple things get upset. The primary factor of, of on, on, a generalized, on a generalized scale, what am I upset about? I'm upset about the story in my head didn't pan out the way I anticipated. <coughs> the story in my head was, I'm going to be walking down the street, no one's going to be punching me in the face, and then boom, oh! Imagine if I would have known I was going to be punched in the face. And then I would have maybe been scared, I would have been like, feared the pain and stuff like that. But and would I be angry? That's not a you issue. Being punched in the face, I don't know how you can argue that that's a that person's issue and that person doesn't have issues. Is it possible to be punched in the face and to be oh wow, that was sore, I hated being punched in the face. It's even possible to be punched in the face, hap the oku punch in the face, and do a washagiri three times to his head. <laughs> it's all possible. You could do that, still not be angry. The one thing Sensei taught us is never be angry. He says, man who is angry makes mess ups. <coughs> no, isn't that, I think that's a basic, that's, that's, that's Tai Chi 101. No? That's why we do it so slowly. We don't want to make any like faults in our form. <laughs> there's, never any, there's never any imperative for you to ex- behave in any particular way. People respond differently. I honestly say, if you would be a ninja, someone punch you in the face, would you feel angry? No, you'd feel, how am I going to respond to this? And that's why you keep those poison 
tipped shoes, you know, throwing stars in your pocket. Nothing one of those thrust to the right direction can neatly not take care of. Any more questions, DC? Are you satisfied with that? Aren't you satisfied? You're so caught up in your narrow vision of life. You're so, so absolutely a slave to everyone else. You don't recognize that between stimulus and reaction, there's a space. In your world, there's no space. You're a slave. You're a slave. You're a little, tiny, little slave. When are you going to free yourself? Come on. And I mean that from a deep place of love and care. Sasha was first, if you don't mind. <coughs> you okay waiting? You're not upset if you have to wait? <laughs> you don't really get upset. That's because you've got no expectations, ambitions enough. That's easy. <laughs> Think it is, eh? We'll talk about it. It's because you don't believe in your own greatness, right? We've discussed this before, haven't we? I want anger in you, my friend. Always <laughs> oh, playing both sides, huh? <laughs> Sash, I can help you. Yeah, so um, I thought it's interesting you brought up this idea of toxic people mm. and that really that they don't exist. But uh, there is such, I have heard of such a concept that like on Sukkot that we hold the, the lulav in a different hand than the rest of, or excuse me, the, the esrog compared to all the other species. And the, one of the explanations is that, you know, someone who's like a Talmud Kacham, does lots of mitzvahs, he should separate himself from the others to some degree, presumably, for the reason that they, that person can get affected by people who are maybe not the ideal. So, I don't know, there seems to be some kind of a story to say that there is such a thing as... So let's, let's explore that. No, well, I, first of all, I don't think that's about toxicity. This is already, it's a related issue. The influence that the environment exercises over us. As human beings, we are definitely molded dramatically by our environment. Our environment is a very powerful factor in almost everything that we then act out in our behavior. Because in any given moment, we're always looking for social cues of what's called appropriate behavior. Is it appropriate to call out a person's, you know, deepest needs in a Muslim or not? Well, we don't know until I do it. No, it's okay. I didn't know that was okay. So there's actually, there's a, there's a lot to be said, but I, I'm always constantly on the lookout for social cues. I walk in a room and I think like, oh, am I speaking too loud? Oh, should I, should I not like put my bald head in this place? Uh, there's, there's always, there's always, there's always things, and so environmental factors influence us. Now, if our environment goes contrary to our principles, the chances are our principles are going to be eroded by the environment that we're in. True story. True story. Why? Because we're not, we're not, we're not above that. We're constantly processing things, and and it's a struggle to maintain in an environment which is hostile to our primary values. <coughs> Good. Important point. Would I go out of my way to surround myself with people who are, who are like that? No. But sometimes it's inevitable. And the, problem, the, the point I'm trying to make is that when it's inevitable that I have to be around a person, when I call that person toxic, I know I'm trapped because there's nothing I can do. His toxicity is going to contaminate my being. What I'm offering you is a way out and saying his toxicity is not there. 
Yes, it requires an effort of self-introspective. Yes, it requires an immense sense of solidity and groundness in who I am. Yes, it requires constant emotional work. Yes, it's not ideal and I should surround myself by people who are going to prompt me in a healthy and productive way. But don't let me say, oh, here's a problem there. Here's a problem. If I only distance myself from him, then I'm hunky-dory. I'm all okay. No, I'll be exactly the same. And in fact, if I get put into that situation, perhaps that's a great opportunity for me to confront some of those issues. Good. End of question one. Question two. Well, more just follow up. I, I can agree with you to say that being able to, how should I say, uh, I'll call it build a resistance to like this automatic reaction of anger. Like that, we can agree that's like an ideal, right? Right. Being these situations, there's those people yes. around, but then how do you understand that interaction where, no, you should separate yourself? We're, so we're not calling them toxic people, then what are they? In other words, on a general life plan, if I'm giving you good advice, and I want to take care of your continued growth, and I say to you, well, you've got two options. You could live in a, in a place where the people around you are supportive, they share the values, and they'll be a help, and they'll be create an environment for you which you don't feel alienated, you feel accepted, you feel comfort, or you go to this place which is, which is really horrendous, and you'll be, you know, you'll be... Um, resisted and the people have got opposite values to you so what would be the best place for you to be in so it's a no-brainer that would be the best place for you to be in the point i'm making is that it will be a no-brainer because if you'd be in the place which is hostile and you're choosing to be there the chances are it will erode the emotional capacity you have to do what you need to do because so much of your energy will be there just fighting your actual existence so if you thrust into that place because of circumstances beyond your control, you have the tools. If you're in the battle, be a warrior. But I don't look to go to war. The war will come when it's meant to come. I've got to garner my energies and project myself forward if I can. Uh, I was wondering, what are some exercises that somebody could do to prevent themselves from... Uh, from like reacting like in a second and getting angry? Yes. Great question. Often it depends on how deep the hurt is, meaning the more I feel fallible and failed in the area that's aroused, stimulated, and then expressed through the anger. So if it's a mild stimulus, so then I've got much more handle on myself. If it's a more extreme stimulus, I get flooded very easily and it's hard to resist. The process that we've discussed previously goes along the four basic life skills of mind log quest con. Mind log means step number one, if you can, start breathing, start breathing. Once you start breathing, you regain control over the flight or fight response and you re-engage the parasympathetic nervous system which allows you a little bit of space. So you breathe. Big favorite is what's called the whiskey breath. Extremely relaxing, like a good tot of scotch. Four in, eight out. 
Breathe in, one, two, three, four, out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, in. Now, depending on the ratio, not the ratio, the rate of anger you're experiencing, that may be less effective, but it can still be effective. Stage number two is engage in the internal dialogue, if you can. Again, if you're very flooded, if you're very flooded, so then you probably can't do anything but just remove yourself from the situation. Run. If it's fight or flight, flight. And then you get some space and you recalibrate. But let's say it's not so intense, breathe, internal dialogue, speak to the angry part. I saw you like really got furious with that guy, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, yeah, I should have got furious with him. Why were they doing that? Like it's ridiculous. I get you like, etc. With me. And then you can question, so, well, what can I learn from this? What's, what's the takeaway? Remember, in life, you either win or learn. Never lose. Either win or learn. You can't learn if you win? Good point. You either win and learn or learn. Thank you. Mayor. Um, so, I just want to play out a story that happened yesterday. Oh. And then, I want to see what my response was. I just want to know what the appropriate response was. Or what my response would have been in my holiness. <laughs> speak, brother, speak. So, me and my wife are walking the whole city, and uh, some guy shoulder bumps my wife to the point where she loses balance. So, okay, that's the story. That's okay. Appropriate response. Well, did he do it intentionally? Did he do it intentionally? Was he intentional in doing that? Was he out together? Was he like a wife, you know, shoulder? <laughs> no, he didn't. What if it was a wife shoulder. That would be a different story. That was a different story. I want to make it interesting. So he wasn't. So one second, one second. There's a guy. What happened is you're walking with your wife in the old city, and you had the bad luck. But you had the bad luck of being in close contact with a person who has bad spatial orientation. He wasn't malicious. He just, some people have, I have issues with spatial orientation. Often you'll find I have wounds on the top of my forehead because I mis, mis, kind of miscalculate the distance between me and the edge of the door above me. Um, I'm not great with spatial space. I often knock people. Just in the last week, unfortunately, three old ladies on the floor. <laughs> Please help them get up. I have someone introduced them on Shabbos. Sorry? I have someone introduced me on Shabbos. I beg your pardon? Oh. Yeah, okay. I was trying to think. I was trying to figure out was it a joke or just an inappropriate comes out of this. Just neither. Um, so, so there was a person that had bad, bad temporal, sorry, spatial orientation. And as a result of that, unfortunately, your wife was the innocent victim of his clumsiness. Go on. So what should you have done? Take him for OT? Pastus, yeah. If apparently that helps a lot with special erotone. So. I mean, what, what's the other side? Um, I don't know, confound him and be like, maybe you should go to OT, I'm saying like... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, and I'm sure like saying that to him in that moment would be the best way of getting him there. <laughs> you should go to OT, you idiot! So, oh, gosh, I never thought about that, thank you. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, so let me add let me add the detail. So it, it seems like a guy wasn't like mentally there. Oh, okay, well that makes it far worse, right? Because they is for sure. <laughs> Mental, mental people can't just walk around. No, they can't. They can't. And you can explain it to them because they're totally sane. <laughs> like, let them ride with Bing and be like, okay, no problem. Oh, yeah, he's mental. So give him a. Uh, it's actually quite true, correct. That's a good point. You do. <laughs> right. right. So, what do you, why do you want to like, kind of reform them? You know, like, who's. No, like, where's your aid? I mean. Yeah, where's your aid? Right? <laughs> we should just keep them in prison. Like, why do we let them out? <laughs> I mean, it's not like they need a life at all. You know, if they're going to, like, kind of push my wife that she almost lost balance, I mean, they should really be locked up. I guess that. I mean, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Just maybe just, just give them, like, you know, a bit of a dose of morphine. Just, like, keep them under control. No? I mean, like, why are we letting them walk the streets? It's ridiculous. No, I'm with you. You see how absurd it is? Do you see? Can you see how, how it's all your story? Like what happened was, a man, listen to this, there was a man and a woman walking down the street, and the person who wasn't completely there inadvertently knocked the woman. What should happen? When I say that to you, what do you say? Well, nothing. I mean, nothing. But when it's, my wife, take out the hatchet! Right? It's all your story in your head, mate having a hard time believing this it's so, you're so flooded that you can't separate yourself can you? no I no so. good I, yeah. think, I, think my, I think that opinion of, of why mentally ill people walking around I mean how, do you, you know do you, like, you, you have like his medical history you know, you know no, this for I mean, sure there's a line I'm saying like, where's the well, that's a good question it's, 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 a, it's a question that's dealt with you know like by health authorities throughout the ages when I would go with my, with my father to the hospital called Baraguana now it's called Chris Hani largest hospital in the southern hemisphere they had people walking around they were called MCs now I thought that was Gishma because I thought they all these people they're fantastic at you know master <laughs> ceremonies uh, I didn't realize that MC is an abbreviation for mental confusions one of them actually tried to chase me and my brother up a tree um, we were like I think we were probably like 8 and 10 at that time and like their policy was, you know, they can't do that much harm, let them go, you know, like what's the big deal? Um, so, yeah, it's a good question. It's a question that we should maybe put forward to, you know, maybe you can make a plea to the, to the, I don't know, the, you know, the Misra Labriot, maybe they've got something to say about that. But I can tell you one thing. If I would have told you the story about a random man and a random woman, your passion to get mental people put up in, would be slightly reduced, wouldn't it? Yeah, obviously. Obviously. So meaning when you say obviously, you mean, oh yeah, this is my issue. It's got nothing to do with this guy or mental issues. It's me. It's all about me. Just be honest. Confront yourself. You say, when the story in my head said, I can walk around the world with my wife and no one will dare touch her. And if that story is broken, because that's the story that I've just told myself the reality. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Things are, and it's a story that's hard because it's not me. It's my chattels. It's not me. It's the wife. And as a valiant man, her knight in shining armor is incumbent on me to draw Excalibur and take on this man in battle. As he sits there confused, thinking, hey, where's, what's that sword doing? I just bumped into this woman. This is so confusing. <laughs> okay! Good. Do we, do, is, that, is that good? Do you feel better now? No, you don't. You feel no. exactly... No, you feel no, the same. You feel the same. Because what? No, like, so what's, the, what's, the, what's the response? <laughs> Okay, the first response is I want you to meditate on the fact and recognize that you are being completely irrational because you're caught up in a story in your head because in your head you, you want, I don't know what you want, something, 
in regard to people and the way they react to your wife. And because that thing wasn't honored, so then you're going on a rampage to, to whatever. Good, great room for, for, for amazing improvement. I bless you with the insight and the power to, to see into the inner recesses of yourself. And let us all say, Amen. Amen.